Anybody remember musical chairs back in the, the day? Musical chairs. Got some nods, got some hands. I don't know about you, but musical chairs is a highly competitive game. And when you're playing musical chairs, it's all about you. It's about you getting your seat, okay? And whatever it takes to get that seat, I'm getting my seat when that music stops. You know, it's like, like I don't know if we have any. Nick, Nick do you like beatbox or anything? We don't have any. It's like, okay, kids, go around the table. And when the music stops, grab a chair. And everybody freaks out and they scramble and some kids tumble. And if Colton was there, he'd probably punch a kid in the eye on accident and get kicked out. You know, it's great. And then, and then they take away a chair. There's always one more kid than there is chairs. There's a shortage. So, you know, okay, it's getting worse. We're down to four chairs. It's kind of like, like a limbo with chairs. It's getting lower. It's getting, the chairs are getting lower. And it gets down to, and all that matters as we get closer and the anxiety builds is that we got to get our seat. If we don't get our seat, we lost. I don't care about them. I need my seat. When I get my seat, then, then we'll worry about them. I'll let them get their seat once I have my seat first. It's musical chairs. It's kind of like the culture, right? Like musical chairs in the culture. We have to fend for ourselves in a high-paced, fast culture. And we're in a world where we're taught to fend for ourselves and get as much as we can in life. And at the end, my mouth's dry doesn't usually happen. At the end of the road, nod our head and reflect that we had a good run. But however, as a Christian, our thinking is Bible-based, not world-based, right? Christians are Bible-based, right? We believe on the word. We, we act on the word, not worldly. And as we are in this world, our instincts to improve ourselves is a great thing, as long as it doesn't come at the cost of pushing our brother out of his seat, else we may be playing musical chairs with God's will on our life. You know, I love Jesus and everything, but when it's time to get what I need, it's cutthroat time. You know, Donald Trump style, you're fired. Get out of here. That kind of thing. But is it God's desire that all should come? It is God's desire that all should come before the throne of grace. But as we are to witness the light of Jesus to our peers, we gain knowledge, wisdom, fulfillment, and the worry of being first is no longer a concern to us doesn't matter. It's not a concern. We know who's first. Jesus is first. We know in order to be like Jesus, we must be servants of the king, him, and others. Oh, really? I got a challenge for you. If you were in a room with 10 people about to have dinner and there are only nine seats, would you bolt for a seat or would you let others proceed and inquire with the host to provide more seats? Or do you go for a seat? I don't know. Depends what kind of mood I'm in. Depends how much coffee I've had. Depends what day of the week it is. <laughs> if we go to the passage of Luke 22. By the way, we just released a devotional of this same sermon called the... Well, I can't tell you yet. I'm about to release this, the sermon title here. I'll go ahead and tell you. The, the sermon is called The Seat Maker. And if you have the Bible app, once the church has a devotional version, The Seat Maker, just search it. It's awesome. It's a three-day devotional of the same message. We go to the scripture, Luke 22, verses 24 through 30. They were kind of bickering. The apostles were kind of bickering back and forth. 
the scripture calls it a dispute. It says, now there was also, in verse 24, a dispute among them as to which of them should be considered the greatest. And he said to them, the kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, he being Jesus, and those who exercise authority over them are called benefactors, but not so among you. On the contrary, he who is the greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he who governs as he who, everybody say it, serves. He who serves. One more time. He who serves. This is Jesus talking, so it's good. It's important. You know, it's more important than when it's John or somebody, right? It's all important. But when Jesus talks, we got to listen. For who is greater, verse 27, he who sits at the table or he who serves? This is kind of fun. I might do this some more. Just have you guys, okay. Is it not he who sits at the table? Jesus is playing with them. He's the greatest, right? He says, yet I am among you as the one who serves. Is not the greatest one the one that's at the table? Wait a second. But I'm the one serving y'all. Hello. He knows. He knows he's the greatest. He knows who he is. But you are those who have continued with me in my trials. You've been with me through thick and thin. And I bestow upon you a kingdom just as my father bestowed upon one upon me. That you may eat and drink at my table in my kingdom. And sit on the thrones judging the 12 tribes of Israel. I got a seat for you. Don't worry about it. But if you want your seat, you got to be like me and serve the ones at the table. You don't need to worry about who is the greatest because I have a place for you. It's your seat. It's not their seat. It's your seat. The title of the message, as I mentioned a moment ago, is The Seat Maker. The Seat Maker. See, where I'm willing to give, God will multiply in his place. We've been trained against this culturally. We give, we lose. I'm not talking about just money. I'm talking about anything. Giving time, giving our heart, giving our love, giving our compassion, giving our our, our gifts, giving our talents, giving our money, giving anything where we give. We're trained that that is losing and we are lacking if we do so. But God says, I will multiply in its place. But I don't know about y'all, but I, I got the me first thing for a long time. Me first. When I get my chair, then I'll help you out. Okay? When I get my ride, then I'll see how I can help you on the weekends. When I get my nice house, then I'll see what I can do for you. When I take my nice trip, then I'll see what what I have left over that I can do for you. When I get my nice basement finished, it's almost done. What a mess. Then I'll help y'all. But until that, me first, man. Me first. Oh, it's really about the kids. See, they don't know that I'm finishing my basement just so I can get a pool table. All I want is a pool table, guys. And I had to finish the basement because my kids got so much stuff. I had to finish the basement for them in order to get what I wanted was just a pool table. I would have put it in the garage, Nate, but the wife said no. There's some truth to that. It's always good when the pastor says there's some truth to that. <laughs> oh, the jokes around here are so great. But I got the me first attitude and I got to take care of me first. And I'm busy with life and I can barely find my keys, let alone worry about serving people. Who has the time? Who has the time, really? I feel trapped and need to achieve satisfaction, and I don't like it when others do better than me. It's like a pinata. Come on, who remembers the pinata? They know musical chairs. You know what the pinata, you wear the the blindfold. And did anybody get anxiety with pinata like I did as a kid? Because you know, come on, Sean, you know you got anxiety. You know when that thing's about to break, that it's, it's a fight for that candy. And if you don't get it, they will. 
And you got the, and then what about the poor guy with the bat? He's always the last, you know, he can't see. So that thing breaks, and then he's got to go this, and all the kids have already, you know, wolverined over to the pile of candy. I want to be great, so I got to beat everyone else to be great, right? And culture says that in order to be great, I got to have a material gain over my brother, because then I will have a status, a title. I will be the greatest in this kingdom we call earth. Culture defines my happiness by how much attention I get from it. Well, it's not that good because they didn't really put any likes on it. It must not have been good. They didn't put any likes on it. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't seem to want to share in my joy. It must not have been good. I don't want that no more because of what they think. It may have been the greatest thing ever, but because they didn't know it was great and they didn't give me the attention I wanted from it, now I think that's no good. It's backwards. It's backwards. I need my seat. I'll feel good when I look good. Got my watch Invicta. Go team, as long as I'm first. The boys just wrapped up the wrestling season. Some of y'all don't know my boys wrestle. They're a little bitty. It's funny. They cry all the time. It's just, it's like a cry fest. And one of these days, they'll stop crying. But when you go to these tournaments, it's just little, little kids, boys and girls, Cheyenne, crying all over the place. And it's a bunch of parents just coddling them. Come on, come on, you can do it. Come on. And people are screaming at their kids. And the kids are like, I want a, I want a juice cup. I want, a, I want a juice box. Like, poor kids. Some of these dads get crazy. I just get crazy sometimes. And so we got this last match, and we ran out of opponents for Caleb. And so they teamed him up against his own teammate, uh, Carter. Love the kid. Love the kid until it was time for Caleb to wrestle him. I said, whoa, this is weird. Actually, Sean, you were there. I went from team to, what, he's going to wrestle my boy? Oh, you're the enemy now. It was just like, Caleb's got to win. It doesn't matter. And, and it was all about, if Caleb won, it's all good. Good job, buddy. Well, Caleb... Oh, no, it was Colton, not Caleb. Colton wrestled Carter, and Colton lost. But as soon as, as soon as this first son of mine felt threatened to lose, no longer was the team important to me. My, my serving the team went by the wayside because I had to make sure Colton won first. See, it, w- it was backwards. And it wasn't quite as ruthless as that, but that keeps it entertaining, you know. But I did feel that fight or flight, like, okay, he's, he's, he's the opponent now. You still got to win. You still got to give it to him, even though he's on your team. And you guys going to, you know, look at whatever, comic card, whatever you guys look at when you're playing. Talk about Minecraft or something. I don't know. Afterwards. But it's backward. And the world says failure is not taking home a trophy. But God doesn't need your trophy. God is the trophy. His redemptive plan is the prize. And we don't, we don't need the world's trophy to justify what is good. That which is good is typically what not is seen, and that is the spiritual, the things God gives us through eternity, salvation, all the things. But if the world says it's no good, it's no good. But where I'm willing to give, God, God will multiply in his place. And we don't have to keep worrying about getting a seat because we have a seat maker. It's about perspective. Perspective determines the direction I will go. What was it? My, my brother had a quote. I decided, but then I started to do, something like that. One is a thought, but if you don't lead to the other, the thought is no good. So that's good. It's a perspective. And if, you, if your perspective changes, but you don't walk, then the perspective is no good. But, but when we shift our perspective and we see that the value lies in over here, but we've been looking for it over here, we keep coming up short, empty. It determines direction. And how we see it is how we will walk it. And Jesus says, look at it from my view. 
Being first is actually standing last. He who's at the table is the greatest, right? But look at the one, capital O, who serves you. That means God. The one who serves you is actually one. He's playing them with words. He's good like that. You want to find joy? Give it to others. Really. It don't take, you don't have to build Rome. You don't have to move a mountain. Give it to others in your capacity. Give joy, give love to others, and you will start finding joy. Give it when you don't feel like you have it. Give it when you think you don't have it. Then you're going to find it. It's crazy. You ever been to the uh, grocery store and you're in a hurry and you got like one thing and then all the lines, it might be Walmart where there's only like two checkers and 37 lanes and, and <laughs> he's shaking his head and, 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 then, and everybody's got like a trunk size cart full of stuff and you got this one little pack of gum and you just want to get out of there and the person says, oh, you know what, you go ahead, you go ahead and you're like, you almost fall to the ground like you won the lottery. Anybody ever had that happen? And they're so moved that someone would let them go first. And you think, you think, wow, this is just the greatest thing ever. Why? Because they thought of you first in a selfish world. It's shocking because we don't see it anymore. Let me get the door for you. What? Something wrong with you? Hello? Why do you say hi to me? What? I remember when I moved to Nashville. People are southern, you know. And hey, how you doing? And, and people are here like, Hey, why are you looking at me? You know, when I was a kid growing up, at least that's, that's what I thought was cool. Why are you looking at me? Don't say hi to me. I don't want to say hi to you. And I learned it. Wow. Like, it's a different way of living. I wasn't used to it. But if you want to find joy, you got to give it. You want to find love, you got to give it. You want to find happiness, you got to show happiness to others. Give things that create joy, plant good seeds. And it's, it's funny how that little you think you can't do anything good, let someone go in front of you in line when, when you got a big cart and they don't. And you'll feel better. You'll feel different. And they will think of you. And they will go home and tell their husband, this man let me go in the checkout because he had a lot of stuff and I had a pack of gum. And they will be talking about that because it's unusual nowadays. Go, 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 go buy a Starbucks for someone. Now they got these QR codes. You can, you can go get a QR code and send them the code and they can go scan their own Starbucks. You don't have to be in the drive-thru anymore with them. It's cool. Expensive, but it's cool. But you gotta have Starbucks, you know, it's coffee. <laughs> Resolution comes from trusting, I mean, not waiting on someone else, trusting in God and not waiting on something else. And God says, first place in my book is fast satisfying, and first place in the world's book is lonely. You know how many wealthy, successful people are lonely and on drugs, have crash and burn, and you go, what happened to them? It's because they didn't have the joy. It's because they had the joy in the wrong places. It wasn't real joy, so it didn't last. Promotion from God comes from exhausting. Everybody say, exhausting the resources God has given you to give others. It's crazy. He'll promote you to the head of the table. He'll multiply where you give. He'll multiply where you think you have no, nothing to give. And he'll promote you to higher places because now he can trust you because he knows if you're willing to give, he's got you because giving is hard to do. It's an instinct to be me first. But it's about perspective. And when we shift our perspective, we understand me last. God goes, I can trust you. Here you go. Now I can use you. I can use you on another level. One plants, one waters. God gives the increase. You want to move a mountain. The mountain's starting to move because now I can use you more. I'll move the mountain. You just keep planting. You just keep doing my will. 
But the apostles couldn't see it. They saw through the lens of self, backwards. I feel like that a lot. It's an instinct to be self first. It's backwards. And Jesus was the greatest leader by serving the most. And he put others always, always before himself. Another sermon I'm writing, I was just studying another spot where he was wiped out. The apostles were all wiped out. They went to rest on the boat, but the crowd was still out there and he still had compassion on them. So he went and he preached to them. He could have watched Netflix and called it a night. If they had it, if they had internet, streaming. Maddie, if they had streaming, he could have watched Netflix. But Jesus said, I have compassion on them. They're like a, they're like a flock of sheep with no shepherd, the Bible says. They need me. I got to go. That's compassion. We want to be a compassionate church. We want to be a compassionate people of God. Here's the cool thing about the way God works when you decide to put yourself last. Is you want to fix your problems? God says, I got, I got a solution for you if you do my will. See, the freedom to win within is by being last. You want to be first? Be last. The freedom to win is within. It's within. We, we put ourselves in a prison. We don't know how to escape this prison while we're all caught up in ourselves. But if you want to escape the prison, you got to quit thinking about yourself. And you got to start putting your focus on others. And God will make room for new things in you because now you're depleting the resources you've been holding on to like a squirrel in his nut. I don't need that nut. I got a seat maker, baby. He's going to make me a new seat. I'm just going to call the host and say, God's got this. I don't need to worry about how many chairs are left. I want more chairs added. That's what I want. I don't want a limitation on chairs. I want more chairs added. You see, we're building the kingdom. We want more chairs added. Oh, we got enough seats. But when we fill these up, we want God to give us more seats. We don't want to say, you can't come now. You're not welcome because we don't have a seat. That's not what we want. We want a seat problem. We want a lack of chairs. We want God. We want to call the host and say, God, okay, now what? Okay, we need more services. Okay, we need a new building. We're okay with that. Because we want God to make some seats. Who's with me? Come on. Amen. It's okay to clap. It's okay to let God know that you're in agreement with his word, and it makes me feel good, too. <laughs> oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. I wasn't supposed to say that. But supporting those in need has its reward here on earth and here in, in, and in heaven. And winning at life's ability to see clearly is where our stake lives. When we're winning at life, we'll see clearly when we recognize it's through giving. Excuse me. My fear of losing the seat vanishes when I allow God to guide me. God has given us the opportunity to win at this life. It's just not the way we've been doing it. It's not the way we've been doing it. I have felt, ever since we've done this church, it's the most exhausting thing ever. And it has been the best time of my life outside of my kids. Why? Because it's rewarding because you, you let go of it. You just say, here it is. And every week there's this wait again. It's like, here it comes again. Here's Saturday. I got to get it out. Sunday. Thank you, God. I did something. I did something. You see, he wants us to do something. Quit holding on to this much and say it can't go far enough and give what you got. And he'll make the increase. 
He'll promote you to a new place. He'll grow your church. He'll grow your business. He'll grow your, your, your joy. He'll grow your needs. But you have to put him first and quit worrying about that you're going to run out of what he's given you already. Well, I'll give when I can afford to. Uh-uh, I'm sorry. And this is, not about, this is not a plug for tithes. But seriously, giving is not about when you can afford to. Giving is a commandment of the scripture. He who is at the table with you who serves you. It's all a type of serving. And so when you understand that it's really about putting that first, even when you don't want to, because it's hard, you'll see change in your life. You'll see it. There's no greater joy we'll find than depleting our supplies, and we'll start winning. Where we're willing to give, God will multiply his place. Don't miss the opportunity to escape culture's prison and grip on your life. Go all in for Jesus. Put others before you, and God will put you at the head of the table. Remember, he told them, I got 12 seats for you. You're going to reign over the 12 tribes of Israel because you've been with me through this. You've been giving all along, and I've got a special seat for you. Not only do I have a seat for you, but I have a seat at the head of the table for you. You will be reigning over the 12 tribes. I got something for you, so don't worry about who will be the greatest because I've got something for you. You don't have to worry about it. You 12. He was talking to the apostles when they were disputing. Can y'all stand with me as we close this morning? If you want to be free within, in this life, and in eternity, we have to flip our mindset of me first. I'm not saying have goals, don't have goals and all that. You got to have goals. But this is about at the cost of pushing your brother out of their seat to obtain your goals. Then you might be playing the musical chairs with God's will on your life. This week, as you go about your way, and you know, tomorrow's Monday, and nobody likes Mondays, I don't think. Does anybody wake up and go, man, I love Mondays? Anybody? One, two, two people, and they're, they're both lying. So, so, so two people. So, so, so when you wake up tomorrow, and you got to go to work, and they're in traffic, and they're annoying you, and maybe you're, maybe you're at Starbucks, and, and, and you don't go to Starbucks because they're a ripoff, but maybe you're at QT because they're a much better deal for their coffee, even though it doesn't taste as good. But you can mix the your lattes with the regular. You can mix it. You can throw some Slurpee in there if you want. You can get all crazy at QT. You can even pop a hot dog on the way if you want. But something doesn't go right. Why don't you say, you know what? What can I do for someone just a little bit? Hey, you want a hot dog? I know it's 8 in the morning. You want a hot dog? I'll get you a hot dog. Hey, you want a coffee? Let me get that coffee for you. Hey, let me pump that gas for you. Hey, let me get your gas. Let me, let me, let me, let me say, hey, man, I love you. I don't love you. Jesus loves you. But, you know, I love you like a brother. If you just straight up say, I love you, they might, they might, in St. Louis, they might give you a slap. But if you do it, do it from a distance. <laughs> but what I'm saying is within your capacity, it could be the smallest thing to you, but the biggest thing to someone else. Hey, you go first. I know it's just a pack of gum. Go ahead. That's it. Put it in action. Put the message in action. Take the word of God with you and put it in your life. And see what happens. You're going to go, man, that was cool. I'm not mad about that guy cutting me off in traffic no more. Because that person said thank you to me at the grocery store. You just start seeing a change and a shift. You start reaping a godly reward when you start offering up your seat to someone else. You'll start seeing more seats appear.
He is the seat maker. Jesus is the seat maker. How can I bring God to others as others have brought God to me? If you can bow your heads with me as we pray and we'll get out of here after a little worship. You can all say a prayer for my family. My little daughter's at home puking right now. It's been going through the family. The flu is going through everybody. And Michelle couldn't make it because Kaylee decided to puke in the car this morning. Great, great, great. It's great. I'm just glad I wasn't there. Bless her heart. But seriously, if you could keep us in your prayers. And this flu is going around all Lake St. Louis and the country. Lord, we come to you in your mighty name, the only name given among men in which we can be saved. There is no greater. There is none beside you. You are one, God. We love you, Jesus. We are thankful for you, Jesus. We are grateful, God. And we are not going to just say it, but we are going to be a compassionate church. We are going to, we are going to serve others before ourselves and watch you multiply your kingdom. You're going to, we're going to watch you multiply one seed into millions of seeds. It may take years, and that's okay, God. We don't expect a mountain to move in a day. But we know if we keep planting, you're going to give the increase, and we're going to see mountains moved. And God, we pray right now for this flu epidemic going on in the, in the spring of, of this country, God, that we, we touch all those sick and we just eradicate the germs out of their house, God, and, and bring the sun and bring the nice weather and, and bring the spring, Lord, and let us, let us get over this hump and, and feel better. Help us this week go about doing something that we can do within our capacity to be a blessing to someone else. The simplest thing. Help us recognize that being last is how we actually become first in your eyes. And we're going to draw people to you when they see that behavior in a culture that is condemned it. We're going to show them that God's word still overrides the culture and it never expires. And we are going to be the church until the rapture comes. And if the house of God could say in Jesus' name, amen.